Hello travel lovers, welcome to Check-in Story podcast. This is a place where passionate travelers speak about their awesome stories and spread the joy of traveling. In today's episode, I am speaking with Camelia. She's a travel blogger, a nurse, founder of Travel Hacks Academy, which offers interesting courses such as finding cheapest flights using error fares. And she has given a special discount for Check-in Story listeners. Yes, that's right. 50% off on her course right now. So the details are mentioned in the show notes. In this episode, we discuss travel stories, tips and tricks, her tour around the world in just $325. When you listen to today's episode, I'm sure you will be inspired to travel more at a budget which is exactly what most of you guys are looking at so without further ado let me present camellia on check-in story podcast so camellia welcome to check-in story podcast thanks so much for having me yes so uh, let's begin with this question that i love asking to travelers is uh, can you tell us something about you traveling as a child? Any childhood traveling memories that you can share with our uh, audience? So not too many, actually. Um, the crazy thing about me is that I didn't even really get on my first flight until I was 18 years old. Oh, wow. So I was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was a little bit of a late bloomer, but I definitely have made up for lost time. So, but, you know, I did a little bit of traveling as a child, but really not a lot. Um, we pretty much were, you know, from a small town in Orange, Texas, and right. it's just not the culture there to travel as much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my family just wasn't, weren't really travelers. And so we did a couple little small road trips and things like that. But yeah, I never got on a plane until I was 18 years old. So not much traveling as a child, but yeah, definitely much more as an adult. <laughs> right. So uh, that, that was when you were a child, you didn't travel much. But how did this travel book caught you then? I don't know. I was just always really curious. I mean, I did see people going on, you know, family vacations and things like that. And and when I was 17, I took a road trip with a best friend in high school with her and her family to Florida. And so that was a road trip. It wasn't a flight, but all the way from Texas to Florida was, you know, a long drive. And we had a really amazing time in um, Destin and had some fun beach time and everything. And I loved it. And I always kind of was curious you know, for me, travel was all about the curiosity and what was there and how was, you know, the food there and just kind of the curiosity is really what intrigues me about traveling then and now. And I am a nurse as well. And so I, you know, graduated high school, went on to college, became a nurse. And then I ended up moving from my small town to another little beach town called Galveston in Texas and worked there for a little bit, got some experience. And then after that, I decided that I was really interested in something that was called travel nursing. And so I called the agency and, you know, inquired about that and realized that you can actually travel around the United States. And if there's a shortage in nursing in those areas in the field that you're in, and you can fill staffing emergencies, you know, around the United States, and they'll pay you to go there and they'll give you, you know, a stipend, obviously a paycheck, and they'll house you and give you, you know, per diem and stipend and everything. And so I thought that was so interesting. And that would be a really cool way to be able to travel on a budget because you're getting basically paid to go and live there for a bit. So I thought that sounded really cool. And I had never even been to California, funny enough. (laughs) (laughs) I had never even been to California. I was this little Texas girl and I just thought, I want to go to California. So called up the agency and asked if um, I could go to California. And then yeah, basically they were like San Francisco and I was like, no, that's not probably the beach. And then they mentioned LA and I thought LA was just going to be way too crazy for me because I was such a small town girl. And then, yeah, they mentioned San Diego. And so I thought, yeah, that sounds amazing. Let's try that. I had never been, I didn't know anything about San Diego. I just knew it was the beach. So I thought that sounded fun. So got in my car, went across the country, moved out here to San Diego all by myself. It was kind of my first solo travel experience, I guess. And didn't know one person, just came out to California. And then so I was, you know, initiated, I guess, my kind of traveling. And then after that, I just 
felt like I was in contact with all these kind of people that were similar to me that wanted to go and explore the world. And then in 2006, I went to Europe with a couple girlfriends and had an amazing time. And ever since, I've been traveling extensively around the world. So Perfect. that's kind of how it all progressed. Are you traveling full time nowadays or you still take up the nurse job or you have a job as a nurse? I do. Yes, I do both. It's kind of crazy. I don't have a very conventional lifestyle whatsoever, but I do have a home base here in San Diego Mm. and I work as a nurse and yeah, I kind of just piece my own schedule together. I work for myself. I'm an independent contractor as a nurse and I work for myself, make my own schedule, take care of my patients and then I travel. So it's very very unconventional. There's no really rhyme or reason to it, but it works for me. And I know not everybody can kind of live that way, but I love it. And I love the variety and I'm traveling all the time. So I'm not traveling full time per se. I definitely have a home base, but at least once a month, I'm on some kind of trip somewhere new and it's usually to another country. (laughs) (laughs) Great. So, so like a sub question to this, do you travel because you want to travel Like you pick up a place and you go or you do a lot of uh, trips with the brands? Yeah, no, I actually go because I want to travel. Um, Thus far to date, I have not done any sponsored trips or anything for brands at all, actually. Contrary to popular belief, I actually pay for my own travels and through, you know, all my travel hacking and everything like that. And so, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely open to sponsorships and things like that, but it has to work for me and it has to be something I'm really passionate about or I'm not interested. So I'd much rather just go on my own. Great. So I'm definitely open for that. And I have gotten emails and things like that about going on certain press trips, but it has to be something, you know, again, that I'm really wanting to do anyway for it to be authentic as well for my readers and for them. And it's going to be a better experience for the, you know, the sponsor anyway. Right. Great. So I've gone through your Instagram handle and it it is amazing. Like 10,000 or 15,000 followers in the six months time frame. Uh (laughs) And it is, it is. (laughs) So tell us something about that. Because then I would be asking you, how do you uh, coach people to grow their Instagram following? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I started my Instagram actually September 4th of last year, 2016. And so it hasn't even been a year yet. So, And I already have, as of today, a little over 20,000 followers. So it definitely, I definitely know a thing or two (laughs) about growing Instagram. Absolutely, you do. (laughs) So I definitely have so many tricks of the trade. I gave a whole talk about this at the media department at University of Istanbul and I've done webinars and workshops and consulting and I think you found me through the webinar as well. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, I definitely help people on how it works and things like that. I have grown my own brand and so how you go Instagram, I mean, that's definitely not a five minute podcast conversation, but (laughs) I will say a few tips is Keep it about them, you know, keep it about it's which is hard to do when you're posting pictures of yourself and everything, but I try to always add value. So for me, one of my things that I do that fits what I'm about is offering travel tips and I, you know, give tips about these pla- this place or that place or something fun or show a pretty view or just give like an insight or a story and just kind of, you know, being consistent. I try to post every day and I try to be consistent and you know, interacting and I'm very engaging and I really try to call people by their first name. Like I'm actually the one running my account. There's no one helping me. Right. So, you know, I'm very involved. I'm very like, hi, thank you so much. And if someone bothers to leave a comment, I'm really, really try to leave a comment back, especially if it's, you know, more than just like a bot comment, you know, or something like an emoji or something, especially if they, if they bothered to say, Hey, nice shot or something, even like, thanks so much, you know? So I think, that, you know, it's called social media. It's like, keep it social, you know, be social, be, you know, whatever, you know, respond. And I think, I think people appreciate that. And I think that's part of the reason I've been really popular really quickly, but also, you know, putting out value and and always keeping them in mind and like, what do they want to see? What would I want to see? And, you know, what would I want from someone I'm going to follow who's offering, you know, travel tips or just kind of posting about themselves? You know, I, I try not to post about myself too much, which is hard because you're a blogger and the people kind of want to know about you as well. So, yes. but there's a balance, you know what I mean? I see some people that are just a little too much about what they had for breakfast, you know, <laughs> so like, and there's a place for that too. But I think, you know, it's obviously be human, but at the same time, 
time, it, it just really try to keep it a, about them and offering value and they're going to, you're going to, you know, see it. You're going to see the following. Perfect. So this, this uh, also has turned into a coaching slash consulting uh, gig for you. So can you tell us some common questions which people ask, which I'm sure our listeners also will have as to how to uh, approach this entire game of Instagram? Because that has been picking up since a year or two. Yes, absolutely. It's definitely growing at a rapid pace. I think last time I looked, there were over 600 million users and growing right. you know, daily. And so there's quite an audience out there and there's definitely room for any you know, niche to come in and, and do it. So basically really working on your branding, defining what problem you're solving and then solving that problem every day through your content. And you know, I do work with brands on branding, especially new brands. And I love it. It's something I'm actually passionate about. I've built my own brand in less than a year, you know, as well and been really successful. And, you know, I'm able to show people how I've done it myself and what works and what doesn't work. And obviously, you know, you've learned, you learn over time with trial and errors. So I've done those trial and errors and I've been able to pass that along. And then also I do, you know, coaching with, people who want to travel more like like and I'm not taking sponsored trips I'm yes I'm a travel blogger but I'm paying for all my own travel and I'm not being sponsored by anybody this is just how I've created my life through my own my own means so yes I'm you know making money through consulting and coaching but I'm not being paid to travel you know so nice. but I do love helping people create that lifestyle because it can be done because I'm doing it. I've been doing it for over 10 years now before I was ever a travel blogger. <laughs> this right. has been my life, you know, but now people know about it. So, uh, but yeah, there's this assumption of, you know, it's too expensive or it's, you know, it's this or it's that, or it's not achievable. But, you know, I'm a nurse. I'm not, I'm not a millionaire. Like I'm a very average girl just making it happen. And I think a lot of times it comes down to mindset and so I really work with people on, you know, a lot of excuses are time and money, but we all have the same time. And, you know, I have a very average, you know, money, like whatever. And I have, you know, time, I have a job and a dog and a, a boyfriend and rent and, you know, like right. all the same things that everybody else does. Absolutely. Too, that know? is, so, this is quite, yeah. <laughs> quite, quite inspiring for uh, everyone, I think. So I'll, I'll also make sure that uh, there's a link in the show notes to your handle uh, so people who are listening, you should follow her by the name of Hackerit, right? Yep, it's the Hackerit. Yeah. Hackerit. So what is that? My, yes. My website is hackerit.com and then my Instagram is the Hackerit just because I think Hackerit was taken. So I just threw it on there and I had no idea how confusing that would be later, but that's okay. <laughs> yes. And what what uh, what do what does this mean, Hackerit? Is is it a word that you have made up or is it there in the dictionary or something? <laughs> Yes. So I get that question all the time and there's actually an FAQ section on my website. And that's like the first question because <laughs> it says, what is a hackerette anyway? So that answer to that question is there, but I'll tell you now as well. So basically the female version of a life hacker. So, you know, I'm always mm. seeking out creative ways to experience the life that I want. And that involves travel hacking or problem solving and you know, I'm a nurse, so I'm a natural problem solver. And I mean, that I was this way since I was a kid. I was definitely, you know, like you, the lemons and you make lemonade, you know, constantly like, oh, well, we don't have a lot. We didn't really have a lot. I grew up very, you know, very modest upbringing <laughs> financially <laughs> and everything. And so it was like, we don't have a lot, but what can we do with it? And so I was always getting really crafty and, you know, figuring out how I could have like the best of everything on the budget I had or the resources that I had. And so... That just kind of has been in me since I was a kid. And so now as an adult, like I'm definitely really living my dreams on the budget I have. And it's like it can be done. I mean, you know, nurses make good money, but I'm not like, you know, <laughs> it's like it's like an average, you know, pay. So it's like, but it can be done. And it's all about, you know, like call it life hacker or whatever. But, you know, that's just me. That's my personality. And so that's kind of what I named my blog. Cause I'm like, that's what I'm about. And that's what I like, you know, showing people how I do it so they can do it too and inspiring others and offering solutions to that problem. All right. One travel hack that I would love to uh, point out is traveling the entire world for $325. <laughs> like seriously, is that, is that even possible? 
<laughs> so did you you must have seen that article on my blog yes so i would i would yeah. love to hear it from you as to how how is it possible to travel so much in like 325 dollars Yes. Well, as it says in the article, so there's a little more to that story, but what happened was I found an error fare, which I told you, I just came out with my course on how to find those error fares, which we can talk about later. But Absolutely. I found an error fare and which is a glitch in the system. And that ticket was supposed to be at least $3,000. I think there was a zero that got left off or something like that. It was a mistake and a glitch in the system and I found it and it was basically an around-the-world ticket. It was a multi-city ticket flight. So wow. and it was from New York, Milan, to Prague, Paris, and then to Bangkok. So all those flights together was the sum total of $325. So that took care of most of that travel. But obviously, there was I had to get myself, you know, I had to get myself to New York. And I had to get myself home from Bangkok. But I used miles for that. And then also... Of course, accommodation is not free. You know, so there was more expenses than three twenty-five, but I feel like the bulk of the expense of travel is usually the flights and the Flight accommodation. Tickets. So, with that flight being three twenty-five, I mean, even a normal flight from San Diego to New York is three twenty-five. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> it was pretty amazing. I jumped on the deal. I thought, you know, this is my first ever airfare that I actually found, so I felt like oh my God, it's not going to work out. Like, are they going to like arrest me at the airport? Like what's going to happen? <laughs> so, so, and it was like a six weeks around the world trip. So I was yeah. pretty committed. Like I'd taken off work. I had the dog sitter, like the whole deal, you know? So I was all in and I just had to go for it, but it all worked out. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And how, how was the trip apart from you saving a lot of money on the travel <laughs> ticket? How was the trip? Oh, it was amazing. I mean, six weeks around the world. I mean, honestly, that was definitely a once in a lifetime experience. And yeah, it's, it's now I know that I like the a month is my max though, because after, you know, a month of really going to all these new places, you lose a little bit of zest for like getting up and going and exploring so hard, you know, so kind of got a little tired towards the end, but luckily I was in Thailand. So I was able to just relax on the beach. Yes. <laughs> that was a great place to end. But yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a definitely a bucket list item and trip of a lifetime and I'm really glad I did it. I kind of wanted to do it anyway and I was actually looking at round the world tickets when I found this one so it was kind of crazy that nice. that's how it happened. <laughs> so since since you just picked off one of the items from your bucket list, what is the next? What's your bucket list looking oh, like yeah. right well, now? Funny enough, um, tomorrow is Friday and I'm jumping on a plane to Tahiti and Bora Bora. Which oh. is next <laughs> on my bucket list. Nice. So, yeah, so I'm very much like practice what I preach and walking my own talk. So I am, you know, out there doing it. I'm, I'm inspiring others to do it. So I'm definitely going to keep doing it myself. Um, you know, Turks and Caicos was last year. And this year it's Bora Bora and Tahiti and Maria as well. And then next year I think I'm going to do the Maldives. I'm kind of a beach girl as you can see. But, yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I like beaches or I like urban. Like I loved Barcelona, which is kind of still beach too, but... I love like the urban cities and I love the beaches and I'm not really like, I love the mountains and stuff too, but I don't typically gravitate to those, but right. I do like those trips too. But I think for the most part, I gravitate towards tropical just because I don't know, I live in San Diego. I'm a beach girl. <laughs> yes. Let's uh, uh, jump into the travel academy. What that is, how people can reach and what inspired you to start that. Yeah, absolutely. That was sort of the backbone of my blog. I, it was always kind of like to share, you know, how to live this life and the way that exactly that I'm doing it. It's right. it's not rocket science. It's like if you just you just don't know what you don't know. And I feel like I'm here to share all that stuff with people, you know, through blog posts, through courses and different things like that. So I just launched um, this week the Travel Hacks Academy and it'll be a series of courses. Um, the first course is on error fairs, which seem to be the most popular. I did a few surveys with my audience and asked them, you know, what do you want to see courses on? And I kind of gave a multiple choice and I also left it open-ended for them to tell me as well if there was something else they'd like to see courses on. And one of the most popular ones was they wanted to know how I'm finding all these error fares and, so, you know, mistakes in the system. So, so quickly, quickly, can you just tell our listeners what error deals are or error fares are? Yes, absolutely. So basically, like I was saying before, um, it's a glitch in the system. So when 
So basically, you know, no industry, no business is without error, right? right? Just like any job you have, any whatever. And the airline industry is no different. There are glitches, there are mistakes. And when you think about it, there are so many, just millions of flights and, and flight times and currencies going on globally that you can see where there is huge room for these errors to happen very easily. And there are, you know, certain ways to get notifications and all these things to kind of have them come to you when these deals happen. Hmm. And that's been my specialty. That's how I've been traveling the world, like for, you know, pennies on the dollar for years now, because I've figured out how to get these deals to come to me through all these different ways. And so I've had people ask me, how do you do it? How do you do it? Right. And so it's, you know, not a five minute conversation, but if I like, so I built a course and I'm like, okay, here you go. You want to know nice. how to do it? I Absolutely. built the whole course on it. I did all the videos, the screenshots, the, the do's and the don'ts and you know, all these things, how to save money for it, how to be prepared, all the tips and tricks that I use myself and basically replicated it into a one-stop shop for them to create the same thing for themselves. That is amazing. So I'll put I'll yeah. put that link in my show notes as well. So Travel Academy, error deals is one. What is next? Oh yeah. So basically for now the first course is on the error fairs, like I just said. And so that's the first course I'm starting out with and I'm just gonna get a little feedback from my audience and see what they want me to cover next, whether that's accommodation deals or travel hacking with credit cards, points and miles, different things. I'm just going to ask my audience and see what they want. And then that'll be the next course that I create. This one just launched this week. So I would love to get feedback from my audience on how they're liking it, ways I can improve things, you know, whatever, however I can do better. And so I can apply that within the next course mm. and go from there. And how long is the course? Like what is the course duration and the fee? If you could just spell it out for us. Yeah, definitely. So the fee is $79 and right now I have a 50% off coupon. It's for another week or so. It's uh, if you just use the 50% off, so it's only $39, which is amazing. So, and it's lifetime access and it's basically it's it's a course at your own pace. So you go through the content. I think it's only taken people about an hour or two, mostly about like an hour or so to get through it because I'm very I'm very structured and very, you know, there's no fluff. It's like, this is exactly what you do. And it gives you actionable steps to do. Great. And it gives you a checklist at the end, like, okay, do this, do this, do this. And then you're set up and ready to go. So it's very easy to follow. It's very simple. It won't take you an hour, no more than two hours for sure. Maybe an hour and a half or something. And then once you're in, but you can always access it. You have lifetime access through the, you know, the course platform. Once you've paid one time, it's not ongoing or anything. It's a one-time fee, lifetime access. And then you can always refer back to it if you need to. And there's videos and there's demos and explanations and all that stuff. And if anyone has, you know, obviously bought the course and they would like to ask me a question, I'm always here for customer support and to answer any questions, especially since this is, you know, the course has just launched. So if there's anything I forgot or if anything's having, anyone's having problems with anything, I would love to address that so that I can add that in. And it is, you'll get those lifetime additions as well. So. That is amazing. So guys, you need to sign this up and there's a 50% off, which is not a error uh, deal. That's a, <laughs> that's a, it's a, yeah. it's a coupon that uh, uh, Camellia is offering for the early birds. So I'll mention the details as well in the show notes. So I want to ask you about how to explore San Diego as a localite. Oh yeah, absolutely. I actually wrote a, a article on my blog as well. If you just type in search San Diego, you can see it there. It's I did how to spend a day in San Diego like a local. And nice. so it's kind of like what I would do and what I would take people to do if they were here and, you know, to see me. And so there's that on my blog. You can check that out. But also, I mean, San Diego, the easiest tips and tricks or hacks to explore San Diego is definitely this beautiful beach that we have. All the beaches are free. I mean, what better can you get than that? You know, find a place and go post up on the beach and, you know, rent a surfboard. It's not very expensive to rent a surfboard for the day and just get out there and try and float around or, you know, just get a picnic at the beach. That's like the cheapest day and it's amazing. And then find a place to watch the sunset. We have some of those beautiful sunsets you know, of anywhere in the world. <laughs> Some of my favorites are just right here in my backyard. And yeah, just, I mean, it's really, there's so much to do outdoors. The weather is amazing here. You can go walk through the parks and 
there's just so much outdoorsy stuff. You know, you can find a rooftop and have a drink and watch sunset or whatever. It's really what you make it. But there's there's Torrey Pines hikes. There's, you know, there's the beach. There's Balboa Park. I mean, there's the Harbor Walk. You can just walk around and enjoy the beauty of being outside here for completely free <laughs> nice nice so no doubt your instagram uh, pictures are so fantastic uh, oh, uh, with with uh, sunsets from san diego and places around <laughs> yes. as well yes Great. i'm like a sunset addict i'm like i can't stop taking pictures i'm like oh well they always like them so <laughs> yeah, <sir>. absolutely <laughs> Uh, so are you are you a solo traveler or you like to explore the both sides of traveling with a group or you prefer solo traveling? I love it all anyway, um, but I, I do have a boyfriend, so him and I do travel together sometimes, which thank God he's a great travel buddy or that might nice. be a deal breaker. <laughs> anyone I date definitely got to be a really good travel buddy because I like to go and that's definitely important. But he's awesome. Thank goodness. We travel really well together. We've had some amazing times like in Tokyo, Turks and Caicos, and we went to Cuba recently. Um, but yeah, I love going by myself too. Like sometimes I'll get an air affair and it's like I got – you know, I got LAX to Copenhagen round trip for $193 last year. Yeah. And so I was like, bye, I'm going to Copenhagen for a long weekend. (laughs) So, you know, so I think I went, I went to Copenhagen and Amsterdam and I was only gone like four or five days, but I loved it. So did you, did you cycle, did you cycle a lot in Copenhagen? Yes, it was so much fun. I had an amazing time. Like I actually did couch surfing for the first time there. I stayed with I went on couchsurfing.com and met this girl and I stayed with her for free and she had an extra bike and it was great. I had the time of my life hanging out with her and she showed me around and we biked everywhere and did all these tours and everything. And so yeah, I stayed with her for free and then my ticket was only 193. So I had a Oh, almost a week in Europe for under like $500. <laughs> that is so good. That is so good. And w- was it was it summers in Europe when you went? It was in June, yeah. So, so it was beautiful amazing. time to be in Europe. Yeah, it was great. It was really great. Any packing trips that you have for our listeners? Or how packing do you... Tips? Oh yeah, definitely. I am definitely a carry-on girl. I don't I don't really like to check a bag unless I'm really there's a couple times when I do, but I really I try not to. I love to just carry on. There's just the ease of it and you know, you really don't need all that stuff, you know. And so if you're rolling your clothes, I, I'm a fan of the rolling of the clothes and then those are of course the the vacuum packed bags you can use or whatever. There's there's so many little tricks that you can do. I really like packing cubes too. Packing cubes kinda help you you know, get it all in there in one little spot and you can organize like t-shirts and then shorts or dresses or whatever. And you can use these little packing cubes to keep you really organized. Right. And it keeps your stuff really tight in place. You can really pack it in there almost similar to like a vacuum packed bag. But really, it just, it keeps your life so much easier. And I just, I don't even like checking a bag unless I really have to, unless I'm going for an extended amount of time. But I can definitely go around the world in a carry-on for sure, you know, and I just, you just don't need that much stuff, really. And I'm a girl, <laughs> so I can do it. <laughs> yes, that is, that is something which is uh, interesting, that being a girl, you can do a, a luggage bag, which is, which you don't check in, which is something incredible. No, exactly, incredible. And half the time, it's, it's crazy. I even sometimes bring my pillow, because I have this, like, amazing pillow that I like really love and you know when you're in like a hotel and the pillows aren't that great you don't sleep as well yes and I'm just a person who loves my sleep and especially you know that's one of the ways that I fight jet lag is like having my own pillow so I'll even throw my pillow in the carry-on and I still have room (laughs) (laughs) I mean I'm like you know Charlie I'm like always saying my pillow needs its own passport because it's been to like so many countries by now you know but (laughs) it just helps so much with you feel right at home so any bed I can sleep in any hard bed as long as the pillow is really good so right. it really helps me just feel right at home and go right to sleep and be really comfortable and and yeah I even packed my pillow in there just stuff it in <laughs> <laughs> it, it also actually helps you uh, to get those deals in in the within your budget so if you are not checking in then your flight yeah, tickets definitely. are low as well so exactly exactly and you know what there's nothing worse than say you're going you got a deal and you're going for four days to Europe if you have a lost bag your lost bag is not going to turn up within probably three days you know and then you're going to be by the time you're going home you know it's just it's an added stress that's a great so point it's like a short trip especially you know it's just worth it 
you know, there's nothing like landing in another country where you don't speak the native language and dealing with a lost bag. And, you know, most people do speak English, but sometimes they just don't or it just doesn't flow. And you're just, it's an added stress to your trip. And I'm all about keeping things easy and stress-free and not checking a bag is one of those things that really just, I just hop off the plane and go. I don't really that's, have to go to, you know, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, get all the customs lines and all that stuff. That is so easy and convenient. Yes. <laughs> so, so does your bag have uh, a laptop, camera? What what kind of gadgets do you really carry along with you? I carry as little as possible. You know, it depends on where I'm going and everything. But I, I sometimes carry my laptop. Sometimes I just do my camera. If it's a short trip, I might not need my laptop. So that just, it kind of depends on the trip that I'm going to. Right. A lot of things you can do from your phone these days, really. So I don't need it as much. I definitely bring my iPhone, which I love, and sometimes I take pictures from my iPhone. I bring my camera with me, but it's not a huge camera. It's actually like a little Canon. I think it's like it's a power shot. I think N100 is it, but it's not huge. It's it's just a small like automatic, you know, because all that all the lenses and things. I just don't bring all that stuff with me. I mean, the way that the light I use Lightroom for editing, so you don't really need as much of a good camera, you know, as much. So everyone has a different opinion on that, but for me, yeah, it works. So and then. And then definitely I'm bringing the GoPro to Tahiti and Bora Bora for sure because I'm definitely going to try to get some underwater pics, Thanks. you know, for Absolutely. diving and things like that. But yeah, I have a little tech bag that is in my, I call it the tech bag. <laughs> and it's like in this cute little girly case, but it has like all my you know, nice. chargers and like I have like a macro lens that I throw on my iPhone and you know, different things in my camera and chargers and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, very little. I try to keep it simple. As little as possible. Perfect. Sounds good. Question which I ask a lot of travel bloggers that do you have any specific ritual that you follow as in, you know, like a lucky bag or you know, there are some people who carry X amount of shirts or X amount of black shirts or whatever. So do you have something no, like not that? not really. I mean, I'm so, I travel so much and so often that I always have my uh, travel bag packed, like for toiletries. I have a whole extra set of, you know, toiletries that are travel size from CVS or whatever it is, you know, and I pretty much leave that bag packed. It never gets unpacked. <laughs> it's way easier to restock it and leave it there. So I just throw it in and go. The toiletries are, are done. You know, the makeup bag's always packed. That's always in one place. And that's really it. You know, I, I wear the same stuff all over the world pretty much is what I wear here, you know, so I don't really spend too much time on outfits because I know what I wear here and it's going to be the same there, you know. So I basically recreate my life here. Wherever I'm at, I'm going to get up and get a coffee and I'm going to do sightseeing or whatever. I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to have the same life there as I'm going to here. So I don't really overthink it. You know, I just kind of be like, okay, I'm going to be there for three days. I'm going to need a daytime outfit, maybe workout, and then maybe a dinner outfit. People just really overthink it, <laughs> so, you know, and I'm like every place in the world has stores. So if you forget something, I bet there's a place you can buy it. Buy so, it. you know, people just panic and, you know, bring all this medicine and all these things. And if you're just a regular person that doesn't really have any health issues, then probably you can buy that medicine at any pharmacy and it's not going to be a big deal. <laughs> exactly. So. Unless, yeah, unless you have a very specific yeah. medicine that you need to take. Otherwise, it is fine. Yes, absolutely. Right. Melatonin is recommended. But really, what do you need? What do you use in your everyday life? You know, bring that. And then if you need something else, there's always a pharmacy around, you know. So it's really like other people are living there too. So I think people forget that. They panic and they whatever. But that comes with being more comfortable traveling as you've traveled more. You just realize that you, everything is going to be provided. You know, you may pay for it or whatever. But it's really not worth lugging it all around another 20 pounds of emergency medications for the emergency that will never happen <laughs> exactly exactly uh so travel and food usually go together are you a foodie traveler oh i do i love food yes so you, <laughs> i love food so i love can, experiencing food tokyo was one of the most amazing culinary experiences ever because they just have the most wacky food and they love playing <laughs> with colors and they love to push you know boundaries on all the, the flavors and taste and they're they're kind of a, like a, you know, they love to do things right. They like 
perfection. And so that really translates into their passion for food and making it really tasty. And I've had some of the best food, even just at the airport, you know, in Tokyo. And it was just very impressive and everything was just really tasty. I could just eat there all day, which is good because you walk like nine miles a day. <laughs> right. Big city, but you just I always let myself eat whatever on when I'm traveling because I know I walk so much and you know, it's like you're you're running around and sightseeing, and I'm kind of a busybody when I travel. So I know I'll burn it right off. So I let myself eat whatever I want to eat, and I always like to order the things that I know that I can't get anywhere else. Like a, a sweet right. potato latte that was like purple. It was like a purple sweet potato latte in Tokyo. I'm like, I can't get that in San Diego. I'm gonna <laughs> have that. <laughs> How was it? It was so good. It was very sweet. I thought it was gonna be gritty, but it wasn't. It was actually really smooth and surprisingly very enjoyable I thought I'm not sure how this is gonna go but I'm worth it's worth it to give it a shot because I don't know what else I'm gonna see this in life <laughs> exactly so you you tend to order what uh, the local people eat as well so you experiment yeah, with a lot of absolutely. local food anything that looks you know like interesting like I don't need another chicken sandwich you know what I mean like right. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I can get that at home so if there's it looks like something's cool and interesting or I'll ask the waitress what do you think or waiter you know what would you order what do you like and you know different things and you can find some really cool things that way something that looks funky on the menu that's like oh what is that you know like I've never seen that before so I really like to seize the opportunities of like I can never eat this again or it's really unlikely right that's part of the experience of you know traveling and experiencing those other cultures right yeah <laughs> when you are not traveling what is your routine like a like a day in Kabilia's life when she's not traveling <laughs> it's never the same that's I get that question too that's funny someone else asked me that on another podcast and I was like well <laughs> <laughs> I mean one thing that's always going to be the same is that I'm going to get up and take my little dog rascal for a walk that's our first thing we do every morning we nice. we go on a walk and we get our coffee and we walk down by the beach and that always stays the same no matter what but every day is really different some days I'm a nurse and I'm getting up and I'm seeing patients and managing them and things like that and then some days I am you know a travel blogger and I'm working on that stuff some days I'm a coach or a consultant or you know whatever I'm really no day is different no day is the same every day is really different for me but I actually really love that variety I would get completely bored if I had the same routine every day and so I guess I have created this kind of lifestyle which I have you know I have like nine different jobs per se but I love it because I really love the variety and I love what I do and I love connecting with people so that nursing outlet I love doing that but I was craving more that creativity and then you know I love doing like the branding and helping people to you know create like an online business and things like that and I'm all about just helping people follow their their paths and live their adventure whatever that is for them and a lot of people are doing online businesses these days and you know I've been really successful in mine and so it's kind of like, you know, being that coach or mentor, or, you know, consultant or whatever, and just kind of sharing like, this is what works and what doesn't and guiding people. And they really appreciate that because it's like, Hey, let's not reinvent the wheel. Right. You know, it's like, just, just, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. <laughs> so, right. you know. so when you sit down for writing a travel blog, do you follow any routine or you have certain things that you check or while you are traveling, do you take notes or do you do voice notes? How do you document information when you're traveling? And then yes. how do you translate that into a blog post? I think those tips will be interesting for people who want to take up travel blogging or want to improve uh, how they write. Yeah, yeah, good question. So a couple of things that I do. If I'm traveling and I'm going to write, like I just wrote a post on Tokyo, 11 Tokyo bucket list items or something. And I, when I was there, I just was jotting down all the coolest things I did. Tokyo is such a cool and unique place that you can do things that you can do not anywhere else. So I was writing down all these experiences and taking notes on my phone as I was there and making sure I was getting pictures and different things and remembering details and jotting all that stuff down in my notes in my phone as I went. So that's one way I do it if I'm doing it about a destination. Um, another article that I wrote, which was about solo female travel, you know, 13 ways to stay safe and have fun. Hmm. And that one, I actually, you're going to laugh. <laughs> I actually wrote that blog post in the car on Dragon Dictation on my iPhone. <laughs> so I had this no idea way. for a blog post and I was driving and I was like, oh, I don't want to lose it. I really want to write this. And 
I, didn't, I can't be writing or texting as I'm driving. And so I have this app on my phone called Dragon Dictation. And I just speak into, you know, the phone. So I'm basically just like, hey, blah, 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 saying saying all these ideas. And I'm spitting them out. And I, I basically wrote this blog post from like my hour drive from one from my house to one of my patient's house. It was like an hour <laughs> drive. And I basically wrote this blog post by spitting out my ideas into my phone. And then I hit, you know, email to myself. And then later I went and, of course, tidied it up and everything but that's another way <laughs> if I have an idea I've written a couple blog posts in the car that way <laughs> absolutely fantastic I'm a busy girl I gotta get things done <laughs> exactly so the app is called as dragon dictation yes uh-huh. any other app that you use like Evernote or you just plainly use a notes app in your iPhone which comes with the uh, with the yeah, phone? mostly. Yeah, I do use Evernote sometimes. Like for recently, my trip to Bora Bora, there was a lot of moving parts in that because I booked it pretty much 100% with miles, and so I use this miles for the flights, and then use this set of miles for the overwater bungalow, and this set of miles for you know whatever. So I kind of had a lot of there was a lot of you know finagery <laughs> in that trip. So I definitely have a Bora Bora folder in my Evernote um, folder. Right. So. I do that for that, but I kind of just do notes. I don't know. I, I should be more organized, I think. But I do use Evernote sometimes too, but I usually just use notes on my phone and usually email it to myself and then it's on my list to kind of get back to it and things like that. Yes. Uh, so usually your trips are shorter ones is what I'm guessing, the pattern that I see. So when mm-hmm. you when you hit a place and you are there for like four days or three days or maybe just a week, how do you chalk out a plan when you enter that place? Because I've seen a lot of people who get up uh, in, in the new city and then start thinking about, you know, what are the places to be explored and they waste a lot of time. Yeah, it really, okay, so I don't do a whole lot of planning, which is probably not great, but I kind of will look on, you know, TripAdvisor and kind of look at like the top attractions and see if there's anything I need to book in advance that's like, when we went to Turks and Caicos, the um, riding the horses into the sea, that was one of the most amazing, you know, experiences that I had, like, and that you have to book months in advance, and so I'm glad I looked at that, but most things aren't like that, and so most things I can just do you know, unless I kind of hear of something, a lot of times I'll just Google search like bucket list items in, you know, Tokyo or, you know, I'll kind of just do a quick search or whatever and kind of jot down those things and have them on my list. And I'll just kind of look around and see if it's something that that's like warned about, hey, you need to pre-book. Like um, I knew we wanted to go to the robot restaurant in Tokyo and mm. we didn't pre-book. But as soon as we got to Tokyo, we actually called and um, they were like, oh, there's a spot left at, you know, the 7 o'clock show or whatever. And so we ended up going. But that's kind of one of those things we got lucky. But you kind of want to just book the things that, you know, are kind of like hard to get into and things like that. Because some things you will miss that are you're going all that way and then you missed it. But a lot of things you really can just do. And I really don't like being on this tight schedule. I really like to go and flow as it flows because I have a much better time and it's just more – you're not stressing about getting here and getting there. And I'll write down kind of a lot of like, like a wish list. And, and then once you get there, you can look on your phone and look at Google maps and you can kind of map everything out. Like when you're there, when you're looking online, you can't really tell which area, but I feel like when you're, when you're there and you're looking at like Google maps on your phone, you can really tell where you are, where things are in the neighborhood and kind of clump things together, like in a neighborhood, like the robot restaurant is next to Harajuku. And I want to go see both of those. So we'll do those on the same day, you know, right. we'll be in that area. So that's kind of how I like to do it. I write down like my wish list of cool things that I've kind of found online. And then when I get there, I sort of map it out like, hey, today, like I feel like doing this. And we'll go and like kind of map it out in that neighborhood and we'll have kind of a list. And then we kind of have, you know, your top things and then your A list and B list and whatever. And you kind of work down your list. And then we really end up doing all the things we want to do that way. And so it's kind of having more of like a a tentative plan and not being so structured about it, but having like an idea. And that just, I kind of get with, you know, Google searching. I usually go like best things to do, you know, in Tokyo or bucket list items and wherever, or the most coolest thing, you know, and you kind of get a feel and then you have a look on TripAdvisor, but I don't spend a whole lot of time doing all that. Like I maybe, you know, I have a glance around, you know, but I think also once you're there, 
you can always ask the concierge of their hotel. You can always ask your Airbnb host. There's always a resource. You know, the locals are the best resource you can ever have. And as long as they're speaking English or whatever, you know, I feel like they always know the stuff to do that people kind of want to do. Sure. Um, so, yeah. And then also, you know, following your favorite bloggers, going on Instagram, like, you know, looking up that destination, scrolling through pictures, what looks really cool that looks like stuff you want to do. Right. Exactly. I was about to say that I I, <laughs> I did this uh, when I came to Dallas. Uh, I searched Dallas in Instagram and I saw pictures, whichever pictures were like, whoa, this is the place yeah, that I really want to cool. go. Mm-hmm. Just make Instagram a list of such an inspiration. For absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I've been doing that and, you know. Uh, looking all, also looking at deals, you know, like certain museums are free on first Saturday of the month. So you know, put yeah, exactly. put put that uh, museum on that day. Any parting uh, tips or uh, any asks from the community that you have? Yeah, I'm just all about you know what my motto in life is. You know, save where you can, splurge where it counts, and number one, always live your adventure, just whatever that is for you, you know, so just do it. Please don't regret whatever it is in your life that you're just craving and yearning to do. Like, make it a non-negotiable in your life. Make it happen. You know, that's travel for me. I'm making it happen. You know, I'm a regular girl, just like everyone else out in the world working. And if I can do it, then definitely you can do it too. And if you need help, I'm happy to coach you or help you through that. And so that's what I'm passionate about. I'm really passionate about, about helping and inspiring people and empowering people to get out and do whatever it is that they want to do, whether they're starting their online business or traveling more or just whatever that is, but just get out and do it. Don't, you know, don't regret, don't sit back. And there's never going to be a good time to travel until you start making time. And once you do, you'll realize it's not as hard or it's not as big of a deal as you think. And it's really much more doable than people realize. And I love just opening people's eyes to that reality. Like, you know, for me, my family was very much savers. They were not splurgers at all. And for me, growing up that way, I learned that saving, 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 you know, was important. But at the same time, I saw them never splurging, never living, never enjoying. So what are we saving for all the time? So I, you know, kind of went the other way of like, yes, I know how to save and I have a respect for saving and I want to make the most of my life with the resources I'm given. But at the same time, I'm going to splurge where it makes sense or where it counts or riding horses into the water in Turks and Caicos. I'm going to spend money on that if that's what I need to do, <laughs> you know, and like I'm going to have those experiences. So don't limit yourself. So, yes, I'm, you know, all about saving, but I'm not a budget travel blog. I'm like, hey, if you can save money here, then by all means do that. Right. But at the same time, if you have an opportunity to – you know, I'm going to Bora Bora. That is not a budget travel destination, but I am getting this on miles and points, you know, and I am going to have to obviously eat when I'm there. So that'll be probably a splurge and whatever. And I'll probably get a massage by the pool in my overwater bungalow. Right. <laughs> but the thing is having that balance and, you know, like redefining what it means to, you know, live your adventure. And that is not always going to be about saving, but it's like, Hey, I can travel farther if I save on the flight because it was so cheap or I used miles, but, and then I'm going to splurge on this and just finding that balance. Cause saving all the time is you can get really burnt out and it can be boring and be really, you know, just limiting, but you can't splurge all the time either. That's not realistic. And that gets old as well. So, but finding that balance where it works for you, and your lifestyle and your budget and the things that are important to you, I think there's just something to be said about that. And I just kind of want to give people that it's okay to do both. You know, you don't have to be one way or the other. And I think a lot of blogs are luxury travel or they're budget travel. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm both and I can do both. That's who I am and I can do both. And I think there's a lot of people out here that probably don't, that probably feel the same way, that don't feel like they want to be pigeonholed into one or the other. And I think that, you know, I'm just being me. And so I, you know, that's, that's what I'm about. And that's what I feel like, you know, people connect with. And so it, it's probably why I've been, you know, more popular too, because it's like, it's something different, I guess, like not everyone's, it's kind of like you, you feel like you have to niche down into one or the other, you know, and right. like, you know, you can be both. I'm, I'm a person and I'm both. And like, probably a lot of people would like to do a little bit of both, you know, so yes. I think and it, it really connects to uh, common people as well. Like, you know, if you 
yes if you ask me i would love to have a great flight deal but i would love to also experience a nice hotel or nice hotel room if it is slightly Absolutely. slightly more exp- expensive than what i can spend but i have already saved that money on my flight so i think exactly. that's a good balance that uh, yeah. that is connecting your community with you i think that's that's a great <laughs> yes quick question before you uh, leave us like do you read a lot while you are traveling or you are not a kindle person i do like reading i don't really read travel books i am very much into like non fiction um mm-hmm. i really enjoy reading books on either you know personal development and growth or you know uh things about you know building my business or anything that's going to improve me as a person i, I don't know I'm, i'm all into like you know there's a japanese word called kaizen and it means right. always improving right and that's definitely a big theme in my life always in learning and growing and improving and anything i read really goes in line with that i really i just i'm not into fiction like i have tried it and it just doesn't i can't stick with it <laughs> it doesn't interest me i'm like this never happened you know <laughs> so right. to each their own but for me um I don't know I just I, I can't get into it but I really love non-fiction I'm I'm like a sponge for information and I really love reading anything that's going to add value to my life or insight or you know I don't know just kind of make me better or give me some kind of you know tidbit of advice or something I really enjoy that kind of stuff and so that's kind of the stuff I read so Right This is a fantastic conversation Camilla we I didn't realize we have been speaking for close to 1 hour and I think we can speak for another hour also <laughs> <laughs> with uh, so much enthusiasm and uh, knowledge that you have. So thanks a lot for being on the podcast. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much and it's been a pleasure. It was super fun. Thanks for having me and yeah. I'll see you guys in the course. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Have a nice day. Thanks a lot. for listening this is your host soham signing off but before we take off please follow check in story on social media facebook twitter instagram and you can rate and review our podcasts on soundcloud and on itunes or stitcher so keep traveling and share inspiring stories with us